Whether it's comedy, action-adventure, drama, horror, and everything else in between, all movies at least have one thing in common. They all share a message with you. This is Movie Night Apologetics, where I, movie apologist Clark, review and examine movies and their messages from a Christian perspective. Well, what is up, movie lovers? Thank you for joining the podcast this episode because I got a special episode for you today and we're going to talk about the movie Arrival. And originally I wasn't planning on actually talking about this movie, not for a very long while yet, but this past weekend here on in September, mid-September of 2023, as I'm doing in the middle of the process of getting a lot of recordings out before I launch this podcast. But I didn't have the arrival in my uh, memoir or my list of movies up until yesterday. And I, what happened was, is I got sick and, or my wife and I and a few of our other kids got sick and we, I stayed home for a couple days. And so I was super sick on a Thursday. And then here come Friday morning after like sleeping 16, 18 hours the day before, um, I wake up at like four 30 in the morning, which is not normal for me, especially, uh, at least not, it's not normal for me when I am not going to go to work because I usually wake up and go to work at around three 30. So it's not normal for me to just wake up at four 30 in the morning when I'm not working. So I did. And usually when I wake up early, is I don't usually, I'm sorry if this is just going to hurt your face, but I don't normally read my Bible right when I get up. So, but what I did was I went on Netflix and I was like scrolling through the movies, trying to see what I wanted to watch. And there was a new ish movie that came out six years ago, six, seven years ago, and it was Arrival. And I remember seeing that with my wife when uh, a year or so after we got married and bef- a year before we had our first kid even. And so I was like, you know what? I want to revisit that because I know there was something really interesting about the movie that was really compelling for to think about. And so I was like, okay, what is it? What was it? And I, I honestly couldn't remember. And so I, I watched it. And so I, when I got through with it, I thought this was the perfect example for me to bring up a, a passage in scripture that I want to share with you. But first, let's actually talk a, a little bit about what the movie is about. So that way, in case you haven't seen it, you can, um, you know, just listen to the podcast, enjoy it. But I always recommend when you are listening to these podcast episodes of me talking about the movies and their messages, um, that you actually go watch the movie or at least, uh, I don't know, because people like spoilers or they don't like spoilers. Most people don't like spoilers, but I mean, this is a seven year old movie at this point at, well, actually when you're listening, it's probably more like eight years old, but still, um, I just recommend people watch the movie because then they get a little bit better understanding of, you know, kind of what I bring and draw out of, uh, of it. And so I just, want to let you know that before we get started. So let's talk about 
Arrival. So the whole overarching plot of Arrival is that there is these alien ships that drop off all over the world, and there and people of every country are trying to figure out what are they doing here because they just sit and they're just sitting there. Not doing anything, not creating chaos, nothing. They're just sitting in these, you know, countries and cities and not doing a single thing. It's not like Independence Day where they're coming in and they're blowing up crap or War of the Worlds where, you know, they're doing the same thing. It's a very different alien movie than what you expect. And I actually really appreciate it. Because it, it I, I am telling you, it is really good and really profound in a lot of ways. But one thing uh, that was interesting is that, so you have, so getting back to the plot, you have, you know, this woman who is a communication, English, whatever kind of um, professor at this college. And then you have this scientist, um, it's the Hawkeye guy, and then... I can't remember what this other woman and, and what she's played in, but she's played in other roles. I think she was in one of the Superman movies, the newer Superman movies, um, as Lois Lane or something or another. But you have both of these, and they're trying to figure out um, what these aliens want, what these other beings from another planet or something want. And it gets all down to the crux of the movie. We finally find out that after they figured out how to communicate with them, how they, you know, how they figured out how they can speak their language, she finally figured out what they wanted. And that was that they wanted, um, you know, the, the humans to understand how they think in order to be helped by them 3,000 years in the future. Okay, so that's kind of like the main thing why the aliens are there. But throughout all the movie, we see flashbacks of her um, and her daughter. You know, at the start of the movie, we kind of see her and her daughter, we, we see her and her daughter play and have fun and then she gets bad news that the daughter has cancer and then eventually the daughter dies and then um you know we kind of just get those flashbacks on what and then again in the middle of the movie you know as she's figuring out what the aliens want we get even more but then we're starting to figure out okay the daughter definitely knows what happened with the the aliens and with the scientist dude and what we discover is that the aliens are able to see in the future, right? Because it makes total sense that, you know, we see 3,000 years in the future and we know that we're going to need your help. And that's kind of, you know, how they com- communicate in some ways. And so now this is being put onto her because now since she understands how they communicate, she can now kind of see the trajectory of what her future is going to be like. And you know, you, you think throughout the whole movie that what happened to her with her and her daughter was before the aliens. But in fact, what happened to her and her daughter was a future event. And so what end up, what ends up happening is that, um, 
You find out in the middle of the movie that the husband left the wife because the wife ended up telling him how, you know, the daughter was going to die through, you know, a cancer treatment. And unfortunately, he couldn't handle the news. And so we're getting all these like puzzle pieces throughout the movie. And then we finally find out that, you know, obviously the reason why is she can see into the future. And therefore, since she could see into the future, she could tell the husband that the daughter is going to have a cancer treatment that cannot be, uh, you know, it, it cannot be cured. And so the husband leaves her, thinks she, probably thinks she's a quack for saying that, and then uh, bells out. And then eventually the daughter dies. But what's so fascinating is that at the end of the movie, she knows all this information that's going to happen to, in the future. And, you know, the last scene there was that the husband said, hey, do you want to have a baby? Knowing that she was actually going to go through um, a daughter that's going to get diagnosed with a a cancer that can't be cured. And you know what I love is that she said yes. Yes. Let that just sink in for a second because I really do think that's quite profound in a lot of ways. Because we often think that, well, why bring a kid into this world because of suffering? But you, you, you just don't get the joys of being with people despite the suffering. I know it's kind of hard and it's, it's kind of, it's like, you know, what, you know, what would you do in that situation? But what it reminded me of was just our relationship with Christ and what he's actually called us to as followers of Jesus, those who have pledged their allegiance to him. And so what I wanted to kind of bring up was a passage in John 21, because this made me think a lot about John 21 for so many levels. And it's a passage where, so, you know, the disciples, they, um, you know, they're out fishing one day um, after Jesus is, um, got crucified on the cross a few days later. They're out fishing with Peter, all that, and Jesus comes back to him in his fully resurrected body, and what do you know, he makes them breakfast in John 21 here. Like, you know, you you would think, you would just think a holy God who is sinless and perfect saw his, you know, been with his disciples for three-something years, or another, and then completely abandon him, you would think he would come back and he'd just be pissed. I mean, I I mean, I would if like, you know, I was a friend to somebody and then they abandoned me. And then, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just don't understand Jesus sometimes, but anyways, he cooks some breakfast and then he knows the heartache Peter's going through because remember Jesus in John at the end of John chapter 13, Jesus 
told Peter that he would deny him before man. He'd deny him three times, in fact. And he knows what Peter is going to go through. And he told him that he's going to go prepare a place for him, even while he just told him that he was going to deny him. And so he knows kind of the turmoil state that Peter is in. And so, but he's not going to let go sin because remember denying, you know, Jesus before man is a sin, but he's going to gently restore Peter back into a relationship with him after this resurrection that Jesus has of his body. And so let's pick up on John 21 verse 15. So which says, when they had finished breakfast, so remember Jesus made his disciples breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was very grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Now, why is that passage sticking out in my head when I'm watching this arrival movie? What's the correlation between this woman knowing that she is going to birth a daughter who's going to have a disease that's uncurable to Jesus telling Peter, hey, go disciple people, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, and guess what? You are going to die a horrible death. What's the correlation between the two? The two is, is that the woman knows something horrible is going to happen to her daughter. And yet she still has a daughter because she wants to know the daughter. And Peter, he follows Jesus even though he knows he's going to die a horrible and brutal death. You know, there is, um, 
you know, I'm, I always like to share with people my stances on things because I, I really do believe in a culture that is just so wishy washy on every, everything, just kind of like meh. I mean, for the most part, I mean, honestly, I really like to know where I, I really like to tell people where I stand on things. And there is, um, Kind of this false theology of the prosperity gospel, which says, hey, you know what? If you come to Jesus, um, you're going to get a really nice life. You're going to, you're going to make a lot of money. You're going to have the nice wife. You're going to have the nice car. You're going to have the nice house. Have, you, you know, everything. You're going to have health, wealth, and prosperity. And I tell you, I do not believe that. I believe, you know, I'm not saying that Jesus doesn't bless people. I'm not saying that every Christian is going to be impoverished and out on the streets in cardboard boxes for their faith. I'm not, you know, the poverty gospel person either, but I am totally not the prosperity gospel. And what I love about this passage and is that Jesus is like, Hey, Peter, God's got a wonderful plan for your life. You're going to die for me. And I I just, I, I really love what, I mean, Jesus is like, hey, listen, dude, you, you know, I want you to feed my sheep. And guess what? Like the call to this is that you are actually going to suffer and die. And yet here we go. Peter's like, all right, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to be the cornerstone of the church, and I am going to do this, Lord Jesus. Because guess what? You are worth the suffering. I mean, I just let that sink in for a second. You are worth the suffering that I may know you. And so that's really what I wanted to get get at is like, I just, I saw, I saw these two correlations. I'm like, you know what? I really, I gotta, I gotta talk about this. Even if it's only 20 minute, 20, 30 minute episodes, like, you know, it's kind of what I'm going to be doing is just, these little short episodes with you guys, because honestly, I can't do a full hour long episode every time I, I do this because, you know, like the well, there was so much in the well that like, I just had to keep rambling on, but, um, not every movie is going to give me that. And there's going to be some movies coming up here that I'm going to just like bash and trash because they're so horrible and you're going to know which movies those are. And then there's going to be other movies where it's like, okay, well, I, I don't really know what to grasp from this. This is only recommended to me by a friend. And I guess I will just, I don't know, just throw something around it, see if it lands and then put this out into the world. So, but that's what I had for this episode is just, Hey, you know, like not to say that as Christians, like we're all going to like die and suffer a horrible death when we come follow Jesus. That's not what I'm saying here. Like, obviously that was a specific call for Peter. But what I am saying is that Jesus does call all of us 
to deny ourselves and take up our cross and what are you willing to lose one of my one of the most famous quotes um is by this guy named Jim Elliot he went to go um preach the gospel with a bunch of other missionaries over to I can't remember uh the place um and it's not Indonesia ah, it's somewhere in South America or Africa or something but the most, but he eventually he died on uh, the mission field because the tribe like stabbed them to death, and then his wife uh, Elizabeth Elliot went with a bunch of other women and went and preached the gospel to them, and they got saved. But what there is a quote that he made was he said that he is no fool to give up what he cannot keep to gain which he cannot lose you are no fool to see the beauty and the majesty and the glory of Jesus and deny yourself to follow him you're no fool because you're going to lose everything in this life that you see. Your money, your house, your car, all of it. You're, eventually it's going to be gone. But you will never lose Christ. He is no fool to give up what he cannot keep. To gain which he cannot lose. And so I just want to like throw that out there. I'll probably like put that, that quote up again on some of these episodes because I think it's just very profound that, you know, we need, you know, Jesus calls us like, here's your future. Follow me. Deny yourself. That's your future. If you want to follow me, deny yourself. But guess what? If if you deny yourself, you're going to gain me. And that is just the gospel message right there is that we gain Jesus, that we actually become friends with God himself. That's the whole point of the gospel. And so anyways, I just thought I would come here, share that with you guys. Um, if you have any thoughts or comments about the movie, I would love to hear it. Um, I do have a discord and you can go on there and, you know, add, I don't know how discord really works with, you know, if you, you know, just add and then I'll add you in and, you know, I would love to hear your perspective about the movie. Maybe you have something different to share. Um, and I would just, and even so, I would love to hear movie recommendations. My only three stipulations for movie recommendations are they cannot be Christian movies. I'm sorry, I'm not going to do it on this because I really want to take secular movies and show you that there is, you know, a Christian perspective that we can come into from them without it being a Christian movie. So no Christian movies, no subtitles, hate subtitles. Um, for the most part, I'm not saying that all subtitles are bad, but I really don't like subtitles. And second, no nudity. Um, I try my hardest to, 
not watch anything with nudity and most of the time not even sexual content because you know that's just temptation so anyways those are the three stipulations if you have a movie for me i would love to hear it and maybe i will put it on and maybe i'll talk about it put it on the podcast and i'll give your name a shout out if you will let me so anyways thank you so much guys for listening and as my friend blaine always says don't party too hard without me what catch you later guys Whether it's at home or at the movie theaters, Movie Night Apologetics exists to help you, the listener, know the Christian worldview through the movie's messages. I am movie apologist Clark, and this is Movie Night Apologetics Podcast.